all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. And that is the best that you can expect in the middle of tax season. Well, actually, more near the end of tax season. I'm kind of done. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then you should have started it with a fuck off. <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. done with our audience. <laughs> done with taxes. <laughs> fuck your taxes. Fuck your taxes. <sighs> uh, and we're drinking a... An old friend. That sounded terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. Yes, we uh, we recently converted to Santeria, and we're drinking an old friend. <laughs> what makes you think they do that in Santeria? I, I don't know. This is just the quickest thing that came to mind for a I, joke. I'm pretty sure they don't drink the bodily blood of well, I don't human know. beings. I, I don't know that they don't, so... <laughs> So you just decided to make it up? Well, I guess I guess it should have been voodoo, but I couldn't. I, Santeria was the See, first thing that I came to mind. I don't like. Do you I think voodoo's or voodoo? I don't know. Have you ever seen murders? the serpent in the rainbow? It's pretty no. weird. Yes. <laughs> what is that even? That is a movie about voodoo starring Bill Pullman. Oh well, you it's know a, it's, it's legit. actually it's actually Bill a Pullman's really good it. movie. It's a really fucked up movie. Uh, Sounds like it. It's a good uh, it's a good treasure. I believe it came out in like eighty eight or eighty nine. Like all the good ones. Uh, there, yeah, there's a lot of good movies from that era. Name yes. another great movie from 1988 or 1989. Um, the one with Kevin Costner that I watched again for the first time. Dances with Dances Wolves. With Wolves. That was 90, I'm pretty was sure. Wasn't it? I thought it was 89. I think it was 90. Oh. Well, anyway. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Which was fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, but we are drinking Unknown Brewing Company's Ginger Wheat. We found it at our Trader Joe's. I'm having an old friend for dinner. <laughs> having an old friend for the podcast. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't have much to offer. Okay. <laughs> <I> just, it's, <clears throat> and the pollen mm-hmm. is back. Yes. In full force. It has gotten me right in the throat. Mm-hmm. I was already still like that. I had that lingering cough. And then this has just come in. And so basically I'm old and falling apart. Yeah, I don't know what it is about this area. This is the only place I've ever lived. And if you want to at home, Google pictures of... North Carolina and pollen. pollen. Because Ugh. when I lived in South Carolina, it didn't do this. Really? But no, not to this degree. Mm. But uh, this... It's t- pine pollen, yeah. right? It's yellow. Yeah, it is. Bright yellow. Yeah. And, and it's everywhere. <laughs> yes, and it just just gets to me. Mm-hmm. It gets to a lot gets, of people. Gets to everybody. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it's the yellow season here yes. in North Carolina in full force. It's the uh, opposite of where I grew up, where we have the brown, <laughs> brown season. season. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, the yellow season down here. <laughs> but uh, for just some quick housekeeping, mm-hmm. uh, we do have uh, a listener named Alex yes. who is legally blind. That's correct. Um, she has a um, guide, a guide dog. Guide dog. Uh-huh. I was about to say guard dog. Well, I guess well, it's kind of the same thing. It's not the same thing, no. but the, yeah, a the dog, dog the dog is not trained to attack somebody. <laughs> it probably will just in defensive mode. Maybe, yeah. I would think so. A lot of dogs would. Um, but her 
living situation is Got under, really tenuous, under, yeah. under duress, yes. to say the least. Yes. Um, her, uh, and I hope we're using the right pronouns. I never asked her if, well, I never asked Alex if um, she goes by her or they or them. But so uh, we apologize, Alex, if if you if we're using the wrong pronouns. But um, uh, she's been living with her mom, but her mom had to move into an apartment, and there's some other stuff going on that's making that living situation just not possible anymore. So um, unfortunately, she's having to find a different living situation while also caring for herself and her dog. Yeah. Um, And uh, doing so with not only um, being legally blind, but having a number of other um, medical and mental health issues. Yeah, as if being legally blind isn't uh, troubling enough. Seriously. Yeah. but she did have a GoFundMe link that she had sent to us. But we for put it on Facebook. Yeah, but for some reason it's down now. Yeah. So we don't know yeah. what the situation with that is. I'm going to reach out to yeah. Alex. And Alex, please, if you know, when if you If there's anything this, yeah. we can do to help, yeah. please let us know. And we will, <laughs> definitely, we will definitely let our audience know. Yeah, we love our listeners. We yes. really do. And Alex has been a very loyal listener. She's the one who gave you shit for yes. that blind joke about the... Um, <laughs> yes, I know. And good honor for well, it. rightfully so. Yes. You deserved that. I deserved the shit about the dead babies. We, yes, we've said some things. This is what happens when you talk for... When you ramble, when you banter. Inanely. Yes, we're good at that. And we're good at saying inappropriate things, apparently. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that <laughs> cans don't cheer as well. <laughs> no, they don't, especially when they're in a koozie. Um, shout out to Zach, another loyal listener who's been enjoying your um, hockey talk. Yes. He is a Wed Wings fan. Yes. What did you think his tattoo was originally? A pineapple. <laughs> but that's not, I, I tried very quickly, I very quickly t- told him, I'm like, Look, I thought it was a stylized pineapple, but that's just because I'm an idiot who didn't understand it was a logo. <laughs> it looked very cool, regardless. It was a it was a good tattoo. Um, and uh, Zach, if you're interested in a really excellent sports channel on YouTube, this is kind of a parody. It's a comedy sports oh, channel. Oh yes, <laughs> check out Urinating Tree. <laughs> yes. It's one word: Urinating Tree. Um, he did a video on the Detroit Red Wings, oh. um, how they went from 25 straight years in the playoffs, 25 or 26, to... Just nothing? They've missed... This will be the third straight season or second straight season they'll miss, and they're they're not making the playoffs again anytime oh. soon. So anyway, Zach, if you want to check that out, it is kind of funny. Um, they, but the urinating tree pokes fun at everyone. Everybody. He's done a video on the Carolina Hurricanes, which I found hilarious because everything he said was true. Right. You know, if, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Let's. Uh, this will not become the hockey But podcast. the Hurricanes are making the playoffs this year, damn it. Well, and you're going to the, how did that turn out? Are you going to the game tomorrow? Uh, well, yeah, that's a, a new situation has popped up. <laughs> okay. So. I am going, yes. Okay. So. Yeah. All right, then. Um, All right. So let's go Canes. (laughs) Go Canes. Uh, Bunch of jerks, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, All right. Are you ready? I am. I know know you are. I am. I finished the research today, and I gotta say, I'm not super proud. I feel like I ran out of steam near the end. I mean, it's still over four pages long, but I feel like I didn't do it justice near the end, so hopefully I'll be 
able to like, I put more effort in on the front end than the back end. Hopefully I can do it even less justice. (laughs) So this is the story of the Empress of Ireland. Very interesting and deceptive title. Is that a ship? I think I've heard of this. Oh, have you? I think so. Okay, well then let me me give the intro. On May 29th, 1914, the RMS Mm. Empress of Ireland collided with the SS Storstad in the St. Lawrence River, Mm -hmm. sinking the Empress and killing 1,012 people on board. Holy shit. Yeah. So... Before we get too far into this, I have to give a major shout out to our very loyal listener, Stephen, who mm-hmm. is in New Zealand, um, because he not only suggested this topic, he did a bunch of research on it and sent it to me, very much nice. like James did yes. that one time. And that is so appreciated. Yes. Um, and it was a while back. So I, again... Anytime you guys suggest stuff or send research, please know it's in the queue. Yes. I guarantee you it's in the queue. Especially if you send the research. (laughs) Because then, then, well, I'm tired in the middle of tax season, I'll be like, wait. It's like, I'm doing this one today. Steven sent all that research. It's going to (laughs) help. So it was so appreciated and just just very nice. So thank you, Steven. So what is your recollection of this or how is this sounding familiar to you? I have just heard of it, and most likely the reason I have heard of it is because it happened on the St. Lawrence, yeah, where yeah. I where I grew up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I grew up on the St. Lawrence River. Yes. Now it's not like it's a it's like this small. It's a major. We'll get to yeah, it. Big river, and but. I actually have a portion. A major big river. I actually have a line in here. Let me see. I think it's on the first page. I think it just says, "Let David talk about the St. Lawrence." Anyway. (laughs) So as you can tell, audience, she's on her game tonight. Oh, so, so much. (laughs) So. It's very deep and it's very wet. I'll I'll, I'll just, I'll describe (laughs) it like Donald Trump. There you go. (laughs) Just like the Great Lakes. Very very deep. I don't know if you know that. Very deep. Very deep. All right. So this is one of the many things that makes this a very interesting topic is because the Empress of Ireland was one of three major ocean liners that sank within like five years of each other in the or less than that. Um, So and that all resulted in a large number of casualties. So the other two were. Can you name any big ships that sank in the 1910s? Oh, well, the Titanic. And the Lusitania. Um, oh, and the Lusitania, yes. Yes. That's right. Um, so now those are possible. Titanic was 1912. 12, I think. And yeah. I think the Lusitania was 15 the year after. Okay. Um, <clears throat> although I believe the Lusitania was hit by a torpedo. I don't think. It was. It, yeah, that yes, it was, was not. It was an, sunk. It was not an accident, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now, both the Titanic and the Lusitania, I would contend, are more famous or well-known oh, yes. disasters. Oh, especially the Titanic. Yes, the Titanic obviously. is probably the most when famous. When you think of a ship sinking, yeah. what's the first thing that comes yeah. Like anyone's mind is the Titanic. Um, and they both caused, like more deaths happened in the Titanic and the Lusitania. There was 1,500. I know. 1,503 <laughs> people died on the Titanic and a reported 1,198. In the Lusitania, although apparently that number's reported with a little variation. So, I mean, if you put these three together, 
more than 3,500 people died with these ocean liners sinking in a period of like four years. More than how many? What did you say? 3,500. Oh, 30, oh all okay. the death toll. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty cool. They did um, uh, an exhibit on the Titanic at the uh, Museum of History here. Uh, um, it was before I knew you. Yeah, it was like an eleven or twelve, okay. one of those years. Anyway, the cool thing about it was, um, you know, you had to. It was a paid exhibit. <clears throat> I think it was like ten or fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. But when you paid for it, they gave you your boarding pass. Oh, and uh-huh. you were you were a real assigned a cl- oh, You were a real passenger. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. Yes. And so I looked at my boarding pass, and it said I was in third <clears throat> class. And I'm like, so I you probably been, I probably died. <laughs> And then at the very end, it has the oh. list of the dead. And, and I'm you like, can find your person. I'm like, sure enough, Ooh, wow. I died. Wow. But the only real cool thing they had, it wasn't that great of an exhibit. Oh. But the cool thing they did have was the crow's nest bell. Of the Titanic. Yes. The actual Titanic. Yes. Wow. Now, all the stuff in there was from the Titanic. Oh, okay. So they yes. had quite a bit. Yeah, but they okay. didn't have, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed. Mm. But the the, well, the crow's nest bell was pretty cool to see. The Raleigh museums are great, but they're not like major they're not. museums. No, I'm sure not. that when the exhibit went to New York, oh, like yeah. it was huge or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, surprisingly, that's where the Titanic was headed. <laughs> well. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's crazy to think that. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to use the word crazy less to describe things. I realized. Um. It's um a little overwhelming to think that almost four thousand people died on big ships in the space of a few years, but obviously it was a much more popular mode of transportation back oh, in the 1910s. Uh, yes. People were not flying across the Atlantic. So. Civilians were not. <laughs> <laughs> well, were the Wright brothers? Well, I guess that no, was the 1900s, um, huh? What's his name uh, that went across uh, um, Lindbergh? That happened in ni- 1917, 1918? Okay, but that was later. That was after yeah. all these. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then apparently killed his own child, potentially. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who Nobody knows, knows. Who knows with that? Um, <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Never. Because we, we don't not, do crime. Yeah. And even if it, was, if it was him or if it was anyone else, it doesn't matter. It's still a crime. So, um, so anyway. T- tangent over. <laughs> and tangent. The RMS Empress of Ireland was built from 1904 to 1905 in Glasgow, Scotland, Along with a sister ship, basically like a carbon copy, the Empress of Britain. So it's the Empress of Ireland and the Empress of Britain. Uh, they were both ordered built by Canadian Pacific steamships. Eh? Oh, yeah. Later known as CP Ships, which was the largest Canadian steamship operator in the Atlantic and Pacific. What does RMS mean again? Is it Royal, Royal Majesty's Majesty ship? ship? I think. Okay. I think so. Because the Titanic had the same designation. Yes. So. Because these these are British ships. Yeah. Or at least the I know for sure the Empress of Ireland was. I mean, it was built owned, by British owned. No, not British owned because no? Canadian Pacific owned it. I thought you said they built it. Well, but they owned it. Oh, okay. But it was anyway, we'll get into the route, but it was technically a British ship. It was registered, probably, in England. Uh. Or Great Britain. Um, now, interestingly, the Ireland, the Empress of the Ireland's sister ship, the Empress of Britain, would go on to sink too. <laughs> but it was because it was torpedoed by a German U-boat oh. in World War II. So well, okay. we're not going to be covering that. But, yeah. no. um, so the Ireland and the Britain were designed to the same specifications. So like I said, they're basically twin ships. The Ireland was originally supposed to be named the Empress of Austria. But it was changed to show deference to the British Empire, which at this point in history, Canada was still a part of. Um, yeah, that's right. It 
Yeah. Now, I forget about that. But interestingly, yes, it was. for an extremely short, short history segment, Canadian independence, from what I could tell, is kind of an odd thing to pin down because there are apparently several steps towards independence over the, over the course of like a century. Right. To the point where polls of Canadian people have shown that even a majority of Canadians don't understand exactly when Canada became a fully independent nation. Yeah, so, and I, I took a I took my Canadian studies course in high school. You we had we did Canadian have a, well, it was a, it was so a cute. no, it was an elective. I took it. As I know, an elective. but that's so cute. Yeah. Do you think they offered Canadian studies in Miami? Like no way. Well, no. I'm just saying it wasn't like a part of. It was an elective that I took, but I don't really. But it's still cute. I don't really remember anything about yeah. it. Well, apparently neither does. I, I know. Who t- I know who Tommy Douglas is. <clears throat> Who's Tommy Douglas? He is the one that uh, designed their healthcare system. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, let's uh, and, hashtag and, Medicare for all, please. And, and everybody Christ. knows who uh, Wayne Gretzky is, of oh, course. Yes. Canada's national Canada's, treasure. Canada's favorite son. Yes, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Before I met you, that's all I knew about hockey. Yes. That's the name. Wayne Gretzky and the Mighty Ducks. The there flying you go. V formation. Now you know like six players. I could name so many players. <laughs> for, the, for the Hurricanes, that is. I feel who's, like who's, I could. Who's your favorite player, of course? Me, Money, Reiner. <laughs> <laughs> so, the twin sister ships had some new safety features. Now we're talking 1904 new, but you know. Um, some of which were built into the design, and some of which were like, um, oh, what do you call it? Shit, I'm blanking on the word. Retrofitted, I guess. Okay, sure. Um, after works. the Titanic sank, obviously, there was a lot of. Like, okay, we need to make sure this doesn't happen again. They put in new rivets, probably. No, yeah. I I, I honestly don't know a ton about the Titanic. Because I've watched I a lot about it. Because I hated that fucking movie so much. I think I mentioned <laughs> that before. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. That's good. And Leo, Di- Leo Leonardo, Leo DiCaprio. He's, he, he is a dreamboat. No, he is such a sleazeball. Isn't he the one with the pussy posse? Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Because... Sure. <laughs> Eric or E from um, Entourage is just like happy to be the hanger on in that little crew. Tell us how you really may, feel. Yeah, I was going to say, I may have some strong feelings about that. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of ships got safety upgrades after the Titanic for obvious reasons. Now, one of the design safety features was compartmentalized bulkheads. So, like, segmented rooms in the bottom of the ship. Okay. Um, that with, makes sense. With 24 watertight doors, which could help to prevent the ship from fully flooding by cutting off damaged parts of the hull when um, from undamaged parts, right? I feel like we've talked about that in some episode anyway. I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, the theory behind this design, which had not been tested, but I guess like the math bore out or whatever, was that it was possible for two, up to two adjacent bulkhead compartments to be damaged taking on water and have the ship still remain afloat with the remaining nine bulkhead compartments sealed. I was going to say, as long as they seal off the rest. Right. That's the key. Now, here's the problem. Even the Titanic had some of the bulkhead stuff, Mm -hmm. but had automatically shutting doors or like switch. You could could flip a switch. Yes. That that is a scene that they play out in the movie. Okay. Well, aboard the Empress of... Uh, or the Empress says, um, these were manually shut doors. These did not have a switch. Uh. <clears throat> so, um, now as far as post-Titanic safety upgrades went, the Empresses had some of their wooden lifeboats replaced with steel lifeboats and had 
enough boats for people well beyond their capacity. So there was not going to be any lifeboat shortage aboard these ships um, or figuring out, you know, women and children first notes. Okay, everybody's got a boat, that sort of thing. So when the Empress launched in 1906, now from now on, we're just talking, when I say Empress, we're just talking about this ship, the Empress of Ireland. Uh, when she launched in 1906, compared to the other ships of her day, the Empress of Ireland was not the biggest. She wasn't the most impressive. Um, like, she wasn't as big as the Lusitania or the Titanic, but she was still big at 14,191 gross register tons. That's pretty fucking big. I, it sounds like a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, It was 570 feet or... 170 meters long, but again, still dwarfed by other ships. For example, the Titanic was over 46,000 gross register tons. That's like four, three times the... That's, um, uh, that's 92,000 pounds. That's, that's, well, gross register tons oh, might gross. be different. Uh, than, okay. I don't know. Um, and it and the Titanic was almost 900 feet long or 275 meters. So that's that's it was the biggest ship of its, it's time. Huge, yeah. yeah. Now, nevertheless, the Empress was impressive. Had a capacity of 1,542 passengers in four classes on seven decks, and it took a crew of almost 400 to operate, like 373 people. Sure. And the Empress was considered an incredibly safe ship. Lloyd's of London, mm. if, you know, mm-hmm. they're still around, yes, as, they are. especially known as um, an insurance company. Like I know, I'm, they're in other um, parts of the financial sector, but like I remember hearing that Tina Turner had her legs um, insured by Lloyd's of London. And, yeah, they, yeah, and uh, I think like Mariah Carey had like her. Uh, her throat or, right, or something like right. that. Right, yes. uh-huh. Something yeah, like that. people with um, Ex- talent or, yeah. People with... Uh, a lot of money. Extreme amount of wealth mm-hmm. can insure random shit like mm-hmm. that. And Lloyds of London will happily do Well, it's do not it. so random. Maybe Tina Turner's legs is a little random. But, like, if you're a singer insuring your, your vocal cords or something, that actually makes perfect sense. Because you that's literally how you make your money. If you're Tina Turner, it makes perfect sense to insure your legs. Well, she does have amazing legs. She does. She's my grandmother's age, and she has amazing legs. And a good plastic surgeon. So, Lloyd's of London gave the Empress a safety rating of, this is like the most confusing number, 100A1. <laughs> But anyway, it's the highest that they could give. So they're like, this thing is safe. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go on. <laughs> we'll put that in quotations. <laughs> yeah, we'll, well, let's just put that to the side. Now, the Empress was built to make a specific run across the Atlantic Ocean between Liverpool and... Is it... I, I automatically want to say Quebec. Is that weird? For like an English speaker to say Quebec, Quebec. I mean, it's, it's is Quebec okay? Yeah. Okay, Quebec City. Do you know where Quebec City is? Mm-hmm. Okay, I figured. I've been there once or twice. Okay, so now Liverpool is a little geography. Um, Liverpool is sort of like the north centralish part of England, but it's on England's west coast. It's a port town. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Very specifically, I remember... A major port city yeah. in England. And it's on, along the Mersey. So if um, anyone who knows like music history in the 60s, the Mersey beat scene was huge. The, the Beatles came out of Liverpool, obviously. I to, to bring it up again, I uh-huh. believe that's also where the Titanic launched from. Really? Was oh, Liverpool, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, and interestingly, 
Um, like the Beatles were really inspired by American rock music, which was kind of dying out at the time because of that's all a the... weird. Yes, mm-hmm. it was rock music happened, then went away in, in America, yes. and then came and then back came in back England back because through, through what England. happened. At least this is the story I've heard. Um, so Elvis got drafted, um, mm-hmm. Chuck Berry got arrested. And the day the music died happened, which we should totally cover sometime. Yes. Um, so Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and Richie Valens died. And rock music kind of had a fizzle moment in American history. But around that time, um, this music was getting imported. This American music on records were getting imported to port towns like Liverpool, where it hit first, inspiring a lot of local teenagers who were starting their own bands. And that's kind of how the Mercy... Um, movement started, which is kind of what helped revive rock and roll. Then it came back to America. So it was a, it was, it's a really, that's for my uh, history of rock show, which I actually already did when yes, I was at Berkeley. Yes, you did. I've listened, <laughs> you've played it for me a few times. Yeah, I think I still have that audio somewhere. But anyway, um, my first, uh, my first foray into bro- broadcasting. There you go. Um, so anyway, Liverpool is um, on the Irish Sea between the between England and Ireland on the west coast of, of England. It's close to Manchester, for what it's worth. Uh, so the Empress would go from there, west across the Atlantic, into the Gulf of St. Lawrence and into the Gulf, mm-hmm. uh, into the St. Lawrence River to get to Quebec City, which is about 250 kilometers or 150 miles um, northeast up the St. Lawrence from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, Trois-Rivières mm-hmm. is roughly halfway between the two. Between Which is Quebec where my uh, grandmother was uh, born and raised. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, Trois-Rivières. Trois-Rivières. Oh, I said Rivière. 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 Okay. We'll get to that in a minute because I said, um, I feel like at some point we've talked about the St. Lawrence, but I can't remember if it was just in relation to where David grew up. So we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> Give me just one second, then I'll get to the... The part where you get to talk. So the Gulf of St. Lawrence is where the North Atlantic Ocean starts coming into Canada. Newfoundland is on the northeastern part of the Gulf. Eh? Uh, Oh, yeah. And Nova Scotia, PEI, Prince Edward Island, Mm -hmm. to those not in the know, uh, where um, Anne of Green Gables took place. And New Brunswick on the southwestern side of the Gulf. and, And Quebec is to the north. So as it narrows, the... Gulf of St. Lawrence turns into the St. Lawrence River. Now I have, and literally I have this in brackets, let David talk about the St. Lawrence because I'm sure he has much to say about it. Uh, well, we mentioned this, and I'm trying to remember what episode we mentioned it in, yeah, but we talked about it before. I, anyway, um, the Gulf of St. Lawrence is also the world's largest estuary. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember you, you um, saying that. Is it brackish water? I don't Is remember. That I don't remember. I don't know. It's water. I'm it's not wet. Sure what that means. It's wet <laughs> and it's very deep. Okay. Um, Thank you, Mr. But Brown. in case anybody is not sure of what an estuary is, that's where uh, the ocean meets up with another right. body of water. It right. could be a lake. It could be a river. Which in this case is fresh water because yes. it's it, it leads to the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so it is a huge international shipping channel. I mean, it's it and is, it's also what creates the top border of New York. Yes. Yeah. Slices right along. Yes. Mm -hmm. From, from Canada. Um, it is the part of it where I grew up. Um, which is quite down river from where this all happened. Yes. Yeah. But But not too far from Montreal, kind of where it begins. Mm -hmm. Um, cause my hometown to Montreal is about 70 miles. Okay. 
Um, but it's, uh, I have a lot of memories on the mm-hmm. St. Lawrence. You do as well. We, we yeah, I have a, a, about what? a week's worth. Yes. <laughs> Where you were like, are we still going to be on the boat? It's like, yes, we are. That was not in the, I um, know. that was at Tim's house. That was in the, that was, the that was on the Hoosie. <laughs> but, uh, three hours not using the bathroom. Um, so like these type of these size ships, uh, I mean, I've seen bigger than this, um, like if you've seen uh what is the tom hit castaway mm-hmm. when the ship finds him at the end he's kind of floated and the ship just keeps going I through the frame and that, keeps okay. going and keeps going like i it saw those ship, i yeah. saw those kind of ships all the time massive yeah. cargo ships mm-hmm. well, massive uh, oil tankers all it, that stuff it makes sense that it's such an important waterway because it's literally it connects to the great ocean lakes. to the oceans of north mm-hmm. america which yeah. is the great lakes yeah, yeah. so uh yeah. We, I don't know if I've told this story before, but we used to, all the time, we used to see do right in front of those ships because... Oh, you would get the wake. Mm-hmm. Well, because these ships are so fucking huge. They displace water, yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just push the water right out of mm-hmm. the way. So the wake that they leave on the front, not on the mm-hmm. back... Oh, okay. ...will be generally like 7 to 10 feet high. And if you catch it at the right angle, you will go flying How high in the air. How did you not die? I'm not sure. Yeah. But the... Uh, <laughs> But the deckhands, <laughs> when we would do this mm-hmm. shit, the deckhands would, would be out there watching us. It was funny. Like saying, let's see which one of yeah, them is going to yes. No, let's see who's going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm sure as, mm-hmm. place your bets, everybody. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, you would get, if you hit it, if you hit those waves at the right angle, you would go a good, easily 10, 15 feet in the now air. Now, let me ask you this. Now, this this whole story takes place f- much farther upriver I mean, I'm not saying you didn't grow up in this area, and you certainly grew up um, on the St. Lawrence, but this is, like, near the mouth of the Gulf. Yeah. Like, this is way yeah, up well, there. Yeah, I've never it's been to that. quite far up yeah, north. Yeah, I've never been to that part. Um, this happened in late May, and the water was still very frigid. Yeah. What What is the water like in the summer in, like, Alex Bay and, and Messina, where you grew up? By the time... Like, at its warmest. By the time it gets to, like, early to Mm -hmm. mid-August, it'll maybe get to 70 degrees. Oh, God. I'm from Miami. (laughs) What the fuck? But when... I I couldn't take a shower at that. Sure you could. You get used to it. I mean, but... But, uh... My... Uh, for Christmas one year, I got a wetsuit because I grew up mm-hmm. water skiing and all that kind of stuff. We would start going to our camp, which was in th- mm-hmm. the Thousand Islands. Right. We would start going up there like in April or May, and I wanted to water ski, but it was <sighs> obviously too fucking cold without a wetsuit. So in late May, it still hasn't reached Oh, that. yeah, it's yeah. cold as fuck. Like, even when you start swimming in June, it's still pretty... <clears throat> it's like in the like low 60s. Ooh, it's cold. No. But uh, once you're in it for a little bit, it's it's fine. I guess. I guess. It'll take your breath away when you first right, get in. Right. Well, it's funny cuz in San Diego, I was better at getting in the water than you were cuz you you were more like cuz it's so cold. Well, cuz I'm used to being in an ocean being warm. <laughs> Because I've only on got the Atlantic it. Because I'd only got. Yeah, I was going to say I'd only been in the ocean on the Atlantic mm-hmm. side. Yeah, apparently, it does not get that uh, that warm on the Pacific. Even in Southern California, yeah. no. So, like I said, but, but that's what mm-hmm. that was like the best it would get where I grew up. Like what oh, we experienced gotcha. in San <laughs> that Diego. Was the warm that was water. the warmest. <laughs> yes. God. So, the, like I said, the Gulf of St. Lawrence is where the North Atlantic Ocean starts coming into Canada. Oh wait, I already saw this shit. Never mind. So. 
Now, the Empress didn't just go one way, right? Obviously, not just from Liverpool to Quebec City. She obviously took the reverse route, too, Mm -hmm. and just kept going back and forth. So it was a transatlantic ship. Mm -hmm. Passenger ship. Which pretty much all the ones that go on the St. Lawrence are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, now let's talk about the last trip, the last voyage of the Empress. This is fucking terrible. A thousand, a thousand, how many? Twelve, a thousand twelve. Jesus. Mm So the Empress uh, had already been sailing pretty much incident-free since 1906 when she left Quebec City for Liverpool at 4.30 p.m. local time, Eastern, because this is Quebec, on May 28th, 1914. So eight years, everything's been pretty okay. There were 1,057 passengers and 420 crew members on board. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely not over capacity for this ship. She could take over 1,500 passengers. It was only like two-thirds capacity when it came to passengers. A little more crew members than necessary, but sure. still. Um, but the classes were filled to varying levels of capacity. So this is early 20th century travels. You know, like if, yeah, if you've seen Titanic, you know about like the third class passengers, second class, first class, whatever. I mean, we still have it with like business class. Economy, I was going to say you have whatever. it on a plane. Yeah, you do. But it's not like, um, well, you're below the waterline and you're yeah. going to drown. So yeah. it's a little different. It's like if we hit something, you're going to die, right? just so you know. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the first class passenger list was actually pretty small. There was only 87 first class passengers. Second class was filled more, um, about half of its 500 passenger capacity. So there are 253 second class passengers. The rest of the passengers were in third class, which was almost to capacity. So obviously the cheap tickets went first, right? So that ma- that makes sense. And that wasn't abnormal at all because um, the Empress's... Especially for this time. Well, and the Empress's route. So think about this. um, What is happening even, like, this is the Ellis Island era, basically, Mm -hmm. right? Where a lot of people are coming over from Europe to America. A lot of them go through Ellis Island. Well, this is sort of a similar situation just coming um, to Canada. Sure. And potentially going down to America. Who knows? But, you know... It's just another place to immigrate to. Um, so uh, because of the Empress's route, it was really common for people on the westbound crossing, so the Liverpool to Quebec um, route to be immigrants coming to the U.S. or Canada, and for the eastbound crossing to carry people who had already immigrated going back to visit family. So sure. obviously you're an immigrant, especially in the early 20th century, you're you're like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm in a book third class. Like, I'm sure not as fuck not going first class. I literally have never been in first class or business class ever. I in got like bumped. A, tr- a plane. I got bumped into first class on a plane one time. Mm. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I can imagine. The seats were much bigger and the leg room was, was yeah. much wider. Yeah, I can imagine. And you got a mimosa. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the booze is the best part. Yes. Um, so at the helm of the ship on this crossing was Henry George Kendall who we're going to have an interesting footnote about. But anyway, Kendall had just been promoted to captain at the time, and this was his first trip, first trip down the St. Lawrence with the Empress. Mm. So, ship launched fine. Hashtag foreshadowing. (laughs) The launch went fine. The ship traveled northeast up the St. Lawrence River, and in the, like, really early morning hours of May 29th, so, like, just past midnight, the Empress reached... Pont Appel, 
Father's Point, I believe, um, Quebec. And that's where the pilot disembarked. Remember when we talked about the Exxon Valdez? We mm-hmm. talked about a pilot mm-hmm. um, who helps navigate. Essentially like a guide. Yes. Yeah. Navigates ships out of the more um, treacherous little areas before it gets to more into open water. They just are experts at those specific mm-hmm. areas. So the pilot had disembarked. Yeah, and the St. Lawrence River. I'm not exactly sure about this specific area, but mm-hmm. the St. Lawrence River in general, there are many, many islands. Well, it's and- the Thousand Islands area, yes. Mm-hmm. So they got past, they were really, they were approaching the mouth of the St. Lawrence, oh, okay. getting near the Gulf. Sure. So that that makes sense. Where then. it's, where it's like, it's, at that point, and in certain sections of the main channel, the St. Lawrence is, like, fucking bottomless. Like, it's yeah. it's deep. Okay. And very wet. Very wet. It's funny it's very how... very deep and very wet. It's funny how wet the river is. <laughs> um, Next, you're going to tell me the sky is blue. <laughs> most, uh, most of the time. <laughs> so, the pilot disembarked, and Captain Kendall continued to navigate along the appointed route for the ship. So as he sailed the Empress, Kendall started to notice the masthead lights of another ship oh. headed into the St. Lawrence. So it was going the other way. Well, okay. this okay. is nothing weird. This is nothing weird. Ships are going in. Ships are going out. This is SOP. Everything is normal. Now, this ship that was headed in the other direction coming in was a Norwegian ship called the Storstad. Now, the Storstad was a cargo ship. Not a passenger ship. It mostly carried coal and ore. Um, so it was a collier uh, ship, generally. So the Storstad was, because it was not a passenger ship, because it was a, a freighter, basically, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. car- a cargo <clears throat> ship, um, it was built to be a workhorse, very specifically. It wasn't built to be comfortable. It was built to be practical, right? Now... This will become important, but it it had been built using what is called the Isherwood system of constructing a ship. So an Isherwood, I'm guessing it's Isherwood. It could be Isherwood, but I think Isher sounds better. Um, an Isherwood, and then I just switched <laughs> to what I thought didn't sound better. In Isherwood construction, there are a series of like these belt-like structures Inside the ship, and I do have a picture. I was just gonna ask. That. I also have a picture of the Empress, so you can see the Empress and the Isherwood construction. So that's the Empress up there. Okay. Nice big ship, and that's the Isherwood construction. So do you see these like mm-hmm. girders? They look yeah. like belts, kind of going along the short side of the ship, but uh, like a rib cage kind of. Kind of, yeah. Right? That is actually what it looks like. Yeah. So that type of construction makes the hull, the main part of the ship, actually very strong and uh, much less likely to get horrifically damaged during an impact, a potential impact, which will become important. Um, So it it helps prevent damage to the ship, right? Uh, Now, this was especially important in a ship like the Storstad because... It was um, traveling in cold waters, right? So icebergs mm-hmm. and stuff, it could go through without having to worry about as much damage. So, <clears throat> so Captain Kendall saw the lights of the Storstad. Um, the commanding officer on the bridge, First Officer Alfred Toftenis, also saw the lights of the Empress. So they saw each other, right? Like, no big deal. Um, and at this point, they were 
still literally miles away from each other. Not like thousands of miles or anything, but they were like six miles away from each other. Roughly. Sure. And I just realized that I totally repeat myself later on because I <laughs> did this part earlier. Anyway, so the store stad was near Metisse Mer, uh, which is just upriver from the Pont-a-Pair. From Pont-a-Pair. This is French Canada, you understand. Oui, oui. Oui, oui, ho, ho. So unfortunately... Provisoire. <laughs> what does that mean? It, I can't remember, but it, it was uh, it was a chain of uh, like convenience stores, <laughs> like in the the Montreal area. Gotcha. Je m'appelle Rachel. Rachel. Would I be Rachel? Rochelle. 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 I'm Je m'appelle David. Mm. Very nice. Saint Louis. Bon. <laughs> um, I can give away my last name. It is my Twitter handle. So. <laughs> it is your Twitter handle. Everybody knows your last name. My last name is not the same. Because I didn't want to have to worry about telling people that there's a period in my name, which nobody, no computer system can seem to do. Abbreviated last names, yeah. when you're dealing with a computer, it is a pain in the ass. It's too bad because they're very cool sounding. They are. Yeah. Just when it comes to computers, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> there's no standardized way that anybody no. does it. No. I can't even enter it into my tax software. I just had to put, I think I put a space or I just ran it together. I forget yeah. which. <laughs> That's usually the way to go. Yeah. Um. So... Unfortunately, now we are going to get in the details of this whole thing, but later for a reason. But um, they didn't. They so they saw each other, but and the weather was clear, but they wouldn't see each other for long because a fog settled in. This is also sure. nighttime yeah. and fog settling in. Um, so the weather deteriorated, and the two ships had to use their fog whistles to communicate to keep tabs on each other because they couldn't necessarily always see each other's lights. So. Exactly what happened leading up to what happened next, that was a weird sentence, is somewhat up for debate. Witness accounts differ. We'll get into that. But around 2 a.m. local time, the Storstad struck the Empress Jesus. head on oh in God. the middle of the Empress. Oh my so God. it was basically a T-bone. Yeah. Like a red light running situation, except Holy on giant ships, shit. right? Um, the, so the Storstad, as I mentioned, was a very hardy boat. It sustained minimal damage, even with a head-on collision. Um, the Empress, however, had a giant hole ripped into the two largest compartments in the engine room. Which, which killed people instantaneously oh, when that happened. And the boat was literally dead in the water. So, yeah. Um... Now, I mean, it's, it's over for that mm-hmm, ship. Yep. Fuck. So then the Empress began to list to the starboard side. <clears throat> and now at this point, the whole watertight door safety feature should have come in very handy and very handy. Theoretically, the fact that these doors could be shut to help mitigate how much water could get on board. I say theoretically because, of course, that didn't happen. Remember, these are manual doors. I was doors. just going to say because they're manual. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, when that impact happened. Not only that. Had died. But the ship listed starboard. Oh, so. So they would have had to be, like, fighting their way uphill in water to get to these doors. So it's, that didn't happen. No. Um, now, the Empress took on water quickly at a very worrisome rate. Um, it was the passengers' first night on board. They had just left. Jesus. So they weren't all that familiar with where the lifeboats were, had sure. to get on there. I'm guessing, so I've only been on one cruise, but the first thing you do is go to the muster stations and 
get the whole safety spiel. Sure. Like, okay, this is what you do in case of emergency. They get that over with and then you move on. Um, But what are you smiling at? Because there have been a lot of cruise ship incidents in the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. So you might want to pay better attention to the safety. Right, right. (laughs) To the safety demonstration. I doubt that was a thing in 1914, you know. Probably not. Because, well, traveling, if you're traveling, especially across continent, Mm -hmm. that's how you do it. So most people who Mm -hmm. are doing that, especially first class people, and... Because this ship, I mean, it looks like a smaller version of the Titanic. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the smokestacks mm-hmm. and everything. But it's only got two. The Titanic, I believe, had three. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing kind of most of these types of ships were somewhat laid out the same for the like most the part. Not not necessarily, maybe not necessarily on purpose for mm-hmm. like a for a safe, but just that's just how they were made. So okay. people, I'm guessing at this time, had a general awareness of. How to, get a, how to get around mm-hmm. on a ship. But that here's would be the my problem. But, it didn't yeah. even matter it's in this fucking case. It's got a hole in the fucking middle of it. The list to the starboard side Jesus. got so bad so quick that even those who did manage to get the lifeboats struggled to launch them. Oh, hell Because yeah. the other side oh, was... Yeah, because well, the one side was in the water, so you're not getting those nope. lifeboats. The other was lifting out of the water, so how are you going to get those lifeboats down? Now, somehow they did get some down. Seven lifeboats did manage that's, to make it into the water. That's quite a feat in itself. But that's still only seven, and there yeah. was 1,500 people on board. Jesus. Or more than that. That was... No, no, about that, yeah. I yeah, cannot imagine the fucking terror. Yeah, seriously. And that was only the people who were awake at the time. This was two o'clock in the morning. Aside from the crew, most passengers were asleep in their cabins. And those with the lower or starboard side cabins, they had no chance. They just basically died. Yeah. Within 14 minutes of Mm. being hit, the Empress sank. That's not surprising. And all passengers and crew were thrown into the St. Lawrence River. In the frigid, frigid waters. So. Not as frigid as the North Atlantic, which is where the Titanic right, sank, but, but still, still pretty fucking cold. It runs cold. into the North Atlantic. It does. So. Now, the first ship to participate in the rescue efforts from the Empress was the Storsad. <laughs> it was there. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. Hey, come on board. Was it like that one video clip that we shared on the on our Twitter feed where remember where it hits that uh the, the ship hits the the dock oh yeah and knocks him, <laughs> and, and then and then, and then slowly, slowly inching just, away. just backs out of the frame like, that was a really like, funny like, video like, maybe if I just leave nobody <laughs> no will nobody notice, will notice. And then the dock says, catches on fire Jesus oh Christ oh man I'm trying my best to make this I know it's a tragic bad one. situation we have an interesting ending though okay that actually doesn't have to do with the the so there's an interesting story near the end thanks so the, to so the the Storstadt the Storstadt Storstadt was mm-hmm. just like eh. no the Storstadt no, hung in there yes. and like uh, well I'm sure they immediately knew what the fuck they did they lowered their lifeboats to get yes, I'm people sure. from I would hope. the Empress mm-hmm. yep and they did now the Empress was also carrying out its own version of rescue efforts so the captain Henry George Kendall had been thrown into the water when the Storstadt <laughs> hit the ship he was able to hold on to a part of the ship for long enough 
that a lifeboat with crew members in it managed to come and get him. So he immediately like commandeered the lifeboat and started using it to pull people out of the water and well, deliver sure. them. They he's just the, kept he's making the, runs. He's uh-huh. the captain. Yep. So he kept making Technically, runs. he's supposed to go down with the ship, but since he got thrown from it, right. we'll, give him, we'll give him a his, pass. It wasn't his choice. Yeah. 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 Now, the Empress had been able to, to radio an emergency signal. Since this is 1914 technology, I don't know if that was like... It a, would have been Morse code. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess somebody on board was able mm-hmm. to um, communicate. So the radio operator at uh, Pont and there du are, Père... And there are telegraphs yes, at this uh-huh, time, yes. so that's what they would have been. Yeah. So the radio operator at Pont du Père was able to contact two Canadian government steamers, the Eureka and the Lady Evelyn. Hey. Oh, yeah. The Eureka actually made it to the site pretty quickly. It was able to recover 32 survivors and get them to shore by 3 a.m. So remember, wow, this crash at two, 2 o'clock. They were there, rescued people, and delivered got them, back. them to shore within an hour. No now, shit. that seems pretty quick for that uh, for available that, technology. That, that'd yeah. be quick for now. Yeah, yeah. Much less uh, over 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Lady Evelyn also showed up on site, was able to recover survivors. They were also recovering bodies at this point. Um, and the Eureka eventually took the pass- the surviving passengers and the bodies from the Storstad. So the Storstad well, sure. didn't actually go to shore with survivors. Um, well, because it's damaged. Like, it's got its... No, you want to know what happened to the Storstad? What? It continued on to Quebec City. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't... Or, no, sorry, not even Quebec City, Quebec. Okay. Um, so, well... Well, it could have gone, gone, gone to Montreal. Maybe Montreal or something. Um, maybe I, I meant Quebec City, I forget. Anyway, it wasn't damaged enough to have to stop. That's how hardy this ship was. And also, they were like, well, I guess we got everyone we could. Okay, bye. Well, kind of, <laughs> side, kind of, weird? Kind of sidebar as well. It was um, 1914, but whatever. Going back to the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've watched a lot of Titanic. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating. And I do I do enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, no. pretty much every... <laughs> no, I don't enjoy that. Stop, stop. Do not get that song in my fucking head. Anyway. If the Titanic, from all the investigations that they've done, this seems to be the the one thing that they all agree on. Mm-hmm. If the Titanic had hit the iceberg head on instead of right, sideswiping right. it, it would have been fine. So it was stronger head on than it would have been like yes. hitting the hull. Yeah, yes. No, that makes sense. So of the 1,477 people on board the Empress of Ireland, 1,012 people Jesus died. So two-thirds. Oh, yeah. A little over, actually. It was 172 yeah. crew members and 840 passengers. <laughs> so, like, half the crew, wow. basically, close to half the crew, and um, many passengers. <laughs> I forgot the, how many passengers were on board. Um, I think this is just over 1,000. So, yeah, like 80% of the passengers. Mm-hmm. The casualties included 138 children. Oh, yeah. Four children survived. Well, yeah, you don't have, yeah. So. The ship's uh, going down and you're a little kid. You don't have much of a chance. Yeah, there were only 465 survivors of those 1,477 people on board. 159 of those who died were all members of the Canadian Staff Band of the Salvation Army traveling Uh, to a conference. That's pretty sad. Yeah. So, 
I didn't get into a whole lot of detail on the actual capsizing, like the events exactly leading up to it, because this is a great sentence I wrote today. <laughs> the real story of this story lies in the stories told by those involved. It's a good one, huh? That's very. Um, <laughs> what is the the rest of the story? This what was that? Uh, Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Yes. Yeah, this is the. Or that was the rest of the story. No, this, this this is the rest, rest of the story. story. Okay. My come, grandpa come used on, to Paul. listen to him. Sorry. It was on our radio where I grew up, and I thought that Paul Harvey lived in our hometown. I, <laughs> oh, that's I, cute. I, didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't know when I was like six that there was syndicated radio. That's cute. <laughs> so there are obviously conflicting accounts of what happened. So there was an inquiry, of course. I would hope. It started a couple weeks after the crash, June 16th, 1914. It took place in Quebec and lasted 11 days. John Bigham, first Viscount Mercy, presided. I have no idea what any of that means. I don't either. We'll call him the judge. Anyway, Bigham actually ended up being involved in the inquiries into the Empress, the Titanic, and the Lusitania. Wow, yeah. okay. He had previously done so the Titanic, he's, so he's did got the some, Empress, and then he went on to He's got some experience in this yeah, field. a little bit. So both ship captains were witnesses in the proceedings, crew members... Um, oh, what's the guy's name? I've got it here. The, the office, Tough Tennis, who was actually manning the ship uh, at the time of the crash and, um, the store said, um, a harbor masters, a naval architect, a whole bunch of people, 61 witnesses total. Um, and it was during these proceedings that two very different versions of events began taking shape. So first, here was the Empress's point of view. Okay? Mm. Do two different points of view. So, everything was fine and dandy after dropping off the pilot. Uh, and Kendall saw the store stud's lights about six miles away, clear weather. The Empress proceeded down the river, but did alter her course though they did, did still keep sight of the store stop. So, per Captain Kendall, the intention of this maneuver was to pass the store stod starboard to starboard. Okay. Okay? So, right to right. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, another listener shout out to Michelle. She taught me the difference between how to remember between port and starboard. Mm -hmm. She said, port has four letters, left has four letters. And then the oh, other one's okay. right, which is starboard. Okay. So that's, that is a good trick, and it's helpful. So that, yes, Jesse finds it helpful. This is all Jesse whining. Um, so uh, that would have meant that the Empress would be on the, if you were the Empress, right? If you were on the Empress, the Empress would be on the left, and the Storstad would be on the right mm -hmm. as they passed. Um, very British way of yes. passing, I guess. Um so when the fog rolled in, the lights of the store stod were harder to see. And apparently, or according to Kendall, the Empress, like, stopped. Like, lost sight and was like, okay, hold up. Um, and turned off the engines. Like, stopped oh, this really? ship. Oh, really? Okay. Um, to chill and blew its whistle three times, which would indicate to the store stod that they did that. Like, hey, we're stopping. Sure. One, two, three. Um, I'm sure and that's a why they and called... A, and it probably also, in doing that, probably also 
uh, is signaling we have poor or zero visibility. Well, I, they had already been um, communicating through whistles for that reason. Fog oh, whistles. okay, sure. But yeah, they, they, they knew that, everyone knew that it, this was an issue, so. Um, Damn, that's fucking scary. Yes, the, the, it's like you're not seeing that, you know there's another ship close, but you don't know where exactly because you lost sight of it because of the fog. Um, so they continued to communicate through the fog whistles, but eventually the Empress could not see the Starstad's life lights at all. It was just nothing. So now it's like we don't if really. If the fog know is where deep enough, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Now when the lights became visible again, Captain Kendall saw the Storstad heading full speed towards his ship at a near Gosh. right angle. So like getting ready for that T-bone. Only about a hundred feet away. Oh Kendall tried to get the Empress, like, okay, full speed ahead, but the engines had stopped. It was it was not going anywhere. It was literally dead in the water. It yeah, was we're talking late. about a freaking six hundred foot long yeah, it's ship. Not gonna, yeah, it's not a. We're not talking about a, a speedboat that Start can the car that can just go. get going all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. No. So now it's, Ken- it's a it's dead in the water. Yes, literally. So Kendall um, was convinced completely. All the blame for the collision was on the Storstad. And supposedly his first words to the captain of the Storstad after the Empress sank were, quote, you have sunk my ship, end quote. Which reminds me of, you, you sunk, sunk my, my battleship. battleship. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of, too, and probably what Maybe most of our listeners. Maybe where it came from. I don't know. I haven't played Battleship in so so many years. That's what they. That's what they say when they play a uh, battleship in Canada. They just say, "You sunk my ship." <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> that, that would make sense. I guess. Um. So that was the Empress's point of view, right? Mm. So here's the Storstad's point of view, point of view. Let me guess, it's going to be different. Well, everything starts the same. They see each other. It's fine. The fog comes in. Um, now here's where things get a little confusing to the point where I had trouble like interpreting what exactly this story was. But anyway, um, it involved like different colored lights, which indicated port or starboard. And sure. So I apologize if this is a little sketchy and mean, or not well detailed. Um, this I was doing, I was like forcing myself to do this afternoon, this research. I'm usually really good on my research, but my, my skills as I'm doing tax research are, it's understandable. It's a little lower than normal. So I apologize, but anyway, our, our audience will give us a mulligan. Yeah, I hope so. Cause every time I do the research, <laughs> it's, you're it's, basically it's, it's, it's just re- reading the Wikipedia article. It's required. No, I am not. <laughs> I see the links like yes. highlighted in your Yes, and where you don't see the links, that is my <laughs> own writing. I at least paraphrase. It's good for you. <laughs> so, um so the fog set in they couldn't see each other. Um but the uh Storstad did see the maneuver that the Empress made. Remember I said Mm -hmm. the Empress made that maneuver because they were expecting that starboard to starboard passing. Well, according to Toftenes, the first officer who was on the bridge, remember um, the captain was not. The captain, uh, Thomas Anderson, was sleeping in his cabin at the time. Um, He thought, so Toftenes thought that the maneuver that the uh, Empress was making was so that they could pass port to port so completely different orientation now port to port was protocol 
Okay. It was not un- disallowed to pass starboard to starboard. It just wasn't conventional. So the interpretation of the Storstad and of Toth Tennis was, oh, they're just going to pass us port to port, like would be typical. But then um, the fog rolled in and... Uh, they couldn't tell what exactly what was going on. They did hear the whistles of the Empress. Um, they slowed at that point when it was like nearly impossible to see or literally impossible to see. And Anderson, the captain, was called to the bridge. Now, as Anderson got to the bridge, he saw, and this is like the creepy part, he said he saw one of the Empress's lights move quickly across his ship's course from left to right from port starboard and at that point he ordered the engines full speed Mm -hmm. astern or back Mm -hmm. like stop it was too late and the two ships collided so like i said there was a lot of other information i really couldn't interpret well here's what it seems to me is that both ships to a degree saw it coming um, and neither one could really do anything about it. Well, well, let's let's keep going. We'll okay. get into that a little bit. Right. So, at any rate, the uh, the report published by the Inquiry from Quebec lay all the blame solely on the Storstad. Said okay. that the ship changed its course and caused the collision. Um, now, something that Stephen mentioned, which was interesting, is that. Uh, they were kind of at a disadvantage during the inquiry. For example, Tuftenis, the first officer, um, was Norwegian and didn't really speak English very well. So it's possible that they weren't really getting a great interpretation of events from him because he could potentially not have fully understood what they were saying and vice versa. So... um, so basically, they were like, no, it's all, it's all the Norwegian ship's fault. Um, now, inter- and they said specifically, Tuftanis um, changed course and should have called the captain sooner. That's, that was like, sure. so he was p- specifically singled out. Now, unsurprisingly, perhaps, a Norwegian inquiry said, no, it was all the Empress of Ireland's fault. <laughs> so basically, each side was like, no, it's totally the other guy's fault, right? But um, that never happens. Yeah, right. So the cause was obvious, though. It was hard to see each the other. The, sure. The, clearly, yeah. like the fog was a problem. And they each interpreted the movements of the other ship as an exact opposite plan. Mm. The Empress well, yeah. thought starboard to starboard. The um, Starstad thought port to port. And clearly that's not what ha- what either of them were intending to so do. So it was just all around it miscommunication. It was just miscommunication, yeah. Now, um, in 2005, there was a Canadian TV movie called The Last Voyage of the Empress. And the, the um, impression I got was that it wasn't like a lifetime made-for-TV movie, but like a, an investigative film. Um, is, it, is it on you? Tell me it's on YouTube. I, could, must, I, I didn't be. look it up. I should have. I, I bet it is. Um but they did an, a model reenactment and an investigation. They concluded that yes, the fog was mainly the uh, well the is the main culprit. Yes, factor. absolutely. They didn't have radar. No, they couldn't have known where the other was. They had um, they had literally had whistles. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what. Yeah, but 
They did say that a secondary cause was Captain Kendall, that he made a maneuver really? that okay. was that kind of exacerbated the situation potentially. Um, okay. Now, That's this is not an official investigation. Well, sure. But anyway. But regardless, in court, the Canadian Pacific Railway, so remember that was um, who won, or who won, who owned the Empress of Ireland, they won a suit against uh, the owners of the Storstad for $2 million, which is about $50 million in today's money. Um, and that it's was the probably exact around what it cost to make that ship. No, it was the exact. They actually, they actually sued for a very, and probably why they won a very logical exact amount of the silver bullion on board the ship that went oh, down with the ship. Oh, well, yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. Um, they did countersue, but the countersuit was not successful. So, um, so one thing that was really disturbing was that this giant, supposedly safe ship sank in less than 15 minutes. Well, I mean. And it was the bulkhead design that was generally considered to blame, like, in later. I see. I mean. back on it. Uh, obviously, I've just learned of all of this in the past mm-hmm. hour. But think of how fatal it is, okay, for two cars to T-bone each other. Oh, sure. No, no I, I get that. But but here's the thing. The, the main design flaw that has been cited in the Empress is that the bulkhead was separated longitudinally. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Yeah. And. That's how it would be. Well, I but mean, that water got trapped between the bulkheads, and that was part of what made it list. Because it got T-boned. Well, I of mean, that's, course. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Duh. It's not taking on water just no, on its own. But I'm, I'm saying that, that contri- it was a style of ship construction that was later said to be like, no, we got to stop doing this because this is an unsafe design. Basically, is what I'm saying. Okay. So that, well, okay. That's, what was, that's what it was. Now, unfortunately, all of this happened in 1914 when World War One was looming on the horizon. Just about to start. So basically, the Empress kind of became the... It got overshadowed. Well, sure. And became like the forgotten of those three big sinkings around that time. I well, had never sure. heard of the Empress, but I had heard of the Lusitania and of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the Empress today remains on the floor. I'm sure it does. Of the St. Lawrence wow. River. Um, even though you said, yes, the St. Lawrence is wet and deep, it's only about 130 feet down. It's in oh, okay. a area, technically. Very, so, yes. Um, <laughs> and it has been listed as an historic site of Canada. Some people have tried to dive the wreck because I was it's just so going shallow. To, well, I was going to say because of the boyon down there, too. Oh, well, they did do re- recovery sure. efforts after that. But um, the problem is the St. Lawrence makes that really dangerous. Oh, yes. Six people Ooh. died as of 2009 mm. trying to dive that wreck. Yeah. So. So how, this was 137 feet down? Is that what you said? 130. 130. Yeah. Um, where I grew up. The main channel is like a couple miles deep, mm-hmm. so this was this is just one of those. It's off the shore, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of it was they were basically just taking off. Yeah, so, yeah, and they were yeah. near the ports. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wow, I um and now that I think I think I have seen 
like on National Geographic something or something thing, yeah. about a dive that they've like a research dive. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> that they've done. Wow. Okay. So are you ready for the Okay, that's it for the the wreck, but are you ready for a little post fun postscript? I'm sure. Okay. So um one of the incredibly interesting things about the Empress of Ireland and a fun side story that Stephen dug into, thank you, Stephen, was her captain, Henry George Kendall. So we're going to get to, for two paragraphs, dive a little into true crime. Well, before we get into that, are you sure of the gender pronoun of the ship? Shut up. (laughs) So, I'm giving you no quarter to your politically incorrect jokes anymore. I, I couldn't help it. I didn't. I didn't even say she in that sentence. Yeah, you did. No, actually. I did. Yeah, you did. I didn't. You oh, her didn't. captain. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't say she. I said her. Oh, neither way. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel when I, I hear a non-gender such pronouns. Such a great. <laughs> I had such a great sentence, and you didn't even listen to it. What did I say? I'm not sure. Yeah, because you were trying to make a joke. I was. Okay, I'm gonna say that sentence again, and this time, how about you listen to what I'm saying? I'll try. I'll take out the pronoun. (laughs) One of the incredibly interesting things about the Empress and a fun side story Stephen dug into was that the captain of the Empress, Henry George Kendall. I heard that. Yeah. Okay. I remember all that. Has a side story that gives us a little license to delve into true crime for a couple of paragraphs. Okay. All right. So. You don't fuck with a tax preparer during tax season, dude. I have zero sense of humor is what I'm saying. (laughs) You're just not. Thank you. Well, I'm just waiting for my moment again. God, don't. (laughs) Okay. So Kendall was born in Britain in 1874. So he was exactly 40 when when the ship sank. And he had an interesting life himself. So he started sailing at the age of 14. Sure. Started young. At 26, he survived a shipwreck in Newfoundland. So this was not his first rodeo when it came to capsized ships. That might have been why he was so composed afterwards. He's like, like, you sunk my ship, motherfucker. (laughs) Then, so in 1910, so he would have been 26. Yeah, still 26. So this was like just after that time. No, no, no. 36. Never mind. I can't do math. So let me prepare your taxes. So in, <laughs> <laughs> in 1910. I actually wasn't going to say anything. No, I have software that out. does it. I have software that does it. He became the captain of Canadian Pacific's SS Montrose. So aboard the Montrose in 1910. Kendall thought he recognized two passengers aboard. Though they were in disguise, he recognized a man and a boy traveling with him as none other than Dr. Holly Harvey Crippen and his lover, Ethel Neve. So, listen to this. From what I understand, the reason we didn't go... (gasps) When we heard the name Crippen is because we're American. This is a gigantic or from what I understand anyway, historic crime case from England. Okay. So Dr. Crippen, who was an American but lived in England, killed his wife Cora 
in early 1910. Okay. He claimed that she sailed back to America because they were Americans. Um, and then she died there of natural causes when, in fact, he buried her body in their basement or cellar. Scotland Yard oh. interrogated him. Um, what is Scotland Yard? The cops in England. Well, no. Well, I'm just in case people don't know because they might not. It's basically their version of the FBI, right? Kind of. Sure. Or CIA, kind of a mix of those they're two. The police. They're, yeah. They're the, the police. high police. Yes. Um, so they interrogated Crippen and Crippen was like, yeah, she went back to America and died of natural causes. And Scotland Yard was like, Mm. no, no, no. Scotland Yard was like, oh, okay. But they didn't say that to him. So he panicked thinking that they suspected him. They didn't. But because he panicked, he fled. And then they were like, oh, never mind. Motherfucker did it. So, like, dude, if you just played it cool, if you just played it cool, always act <laughs> like that ship that hit the dock and then backed up. <laughs> exactly. If you just played it cool, nobody would have noticed. So, because he ran, they were like, "This guy did it," and he became a fugitive. It was then that he decided to head uh, head head transatlantically and boarded the Montrose, where Captain Kendall spotted him. And how could you? I mean. We're talking back at, at this time period. This was a huge case. I guess it must have been. This so his picture, picture must have been everywhere. The papers, yes. Yeah. And it's Captain like, Kendall must yeah. have read him. It's like, how do you recognize a stranger a hundred years ago? Uh, apparently, you know? this guy was eagle-eyed. So Kendall spotted him, and he telegraphed from the ship to British authorities, "Quote: Have strong suspicions that Crippen London cellar murderer and accomplice are among saloon passengers." Mustache taken off growing beard. I don't know what that means. Accomplice. <laughs> Dog barking. <candy. laughs> no, 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 listen. Accomplice dressed as boy. Manner and build, undoubtedly a girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say from uh, Jumping Jack Flash, like oh. do- dogs barking oh, can't right. find umbrella. Wasn't <laughs> right. that it? The yeah. umbrella. I remember yes. that. Yeah, that's right. And so Dr. Crippen, wife murderer, was apprehended by the police. No thanks shit. To Captain Kendall. That's that is pretty. Isn't that interesting? It's nice to get to delve into true crime here just and there. A just a little bit. Just a little taste. Mm. Just a little taste. And so that was the story of Jesse. So impressed. <laughs> so enthralled. The Empress of Ireland. Thank you, Stephen. I really yes. Thank that. you very much. That was and, a cool story. I'd never heard of it. And again, to reiterate, anytime anybody wants to send us research. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> because it does, not not that we don't want to do it, because I don't mind, but it, it does. I'm glad you don't mind, because you get to do next week. Yes, I do. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, because our, our <clears throat> episode following this. Yes. Will be. Part one of Hillsborough. Yes. The 30th anniversary. It'll come out to the day. Yes. Of the 30th anniversary, which also happens to be tax day. It also happens to be the day we launch our podcast, our new episode, Monday. Yeah, yeah it also happens to be Monday, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So. But that was a, that's a, that's a fucking yeah. crazy story. It was, huh? <clears throat> I cannot imagine two ships that size running into each other in that manner. T-bone. Yes. T-bone, not, that's, not glancing each no, other, not even. Not even, or not even, uh, uh, like, rear-ended rear somebody, you know, you know stern to bow or bow to stern. But um, literally just on the side. That's fucking, because the uh, that's the other thing, too. 
when you're seeing these size ships, it doesn't look like they're moving that fast because they're so right, big. Right. Uh-huh. And the and but especially the momentum and, behind oh, them. God, yeah. Because yeah. of the weight, yeah. Oh yeah. Um and just yeah. That type of accident between these two size ships, the one that got the T boning, the people on board were just obviously fucked. I mean, well, no. They were asleep. They yeah, were well, asleep. that too. Even if they can had been imagine? awake. Well, sure, but but yeah. can you imagine just waking up to like water, cold and some, water? And some and people then you're never. Just gone. Some people never did. I'm sure. Some people just died as soon as the impact happened. Had to maybe have. if they were right there. Yeah, yeah, there had to have been some deaths on impact. Yeah, certainly with crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's fucking scary. Um, never had a. I've been boating a million. I've never had a close call with anything. Mm. So, but I mean, I have I mean, fucking boating accidents happen all the oh, time. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> that scared Jesse. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah, there's, the there's, 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 there's no owl face. There's, there's nobody here. It was just me. Yes, everybody. The less, slightly less vocal Jesse Pinkman is in the room. He's not quite as vocal as Demetrius. But if you heard him earlier, that was that was Jesse. Jesse. He's, 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 very, he's a very sleepy boy. He is sleepy. He's adorable too. Oh, our boy. Okay, now this is just evolving. It is. It's it fawning over our cat. Sorry about the. All cat. right. Sorry about the cat fawning. So. So that was the story. Mm-hmm. Of. You don't remember the name? I said well, it like twenty I, times. I know it, it, that was the part <laughs> of Ireland. Okay, the Empress of. I knew it was the Empress of something. Yes, <laughs> the Empress of something. The Empress of somewhere. So that was the tragic sinking of the Empress of Ireland. Yes. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week and... Know your exits, even if it's into cold water. Especially if your ship gets T-boned. Okay. I had a really good ending. (laughs) You can just edit what I said out. No. You've ruined it now. Bye.